Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for another interview episode. I'm so excited for today's guest on the show, Nina Sturks, a Belgium weightlifter. Now, people who listen to our daily coverage during the Tokyo Games may remember back on day one of the Olympics, my nominee for Athlete of the Day was Nina. Now, it was great to watch Nina. She finished fifth in the 49 kilogram division of weightlifting. And many people might remember her as the athlete who broke down after a competition. And everybody kind of thought, well, she's crying. She's upset. She she hasn't done what she wanted to do. And it was the complete opposite. She were tears of joy, a buildup of emotion and everything that she had achieved. And at the age of 18, she was on that day. She has since turned 19. Just uh, incredible to see her perform at that level and do so well. And this is a a great chat with Nina gets into a lot of detail about how she got into the sport of weightlifting, a bit about the scene of weightlifting in Belgium and the history about weightlifting in Belgium. It's a little bit more storied than I guess many people, including myself, realize. And just what it was like being there in Tokyo. She'd set herself a goal for Paris in 2024 as a first Olympics and kind of got a bonus Olympics out of it, sort of through qualifying and everything else in between. A very fun chat here. Great to hear from Nina, and you are going to love every single second of it. Here is our chat with Belgium Olympic weightlifter Nina Sturt. I'm very excited for today's guest here on Off the Podium. On the very first day of Tokyo, we had a series of nominees for athlete of the day and my nominee for athlete of the day was today's guest and i believe this is the first time we've ever had a guest on this show who we had as a nominee for our our athlete of the day so it's very exciting she competed in the 49 kilogram class of the weightlifting and really did leave a mark on the games finished fifth in that event and really set the bar no pun intended high for future olympics and set a lot of people knowing her name a lot more after these games for everything that she uh, put through and the achievements that she made. Belgian weightlifter Nina Sturks is with me. First of all, Nina, can I just say welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you here. Our very first Belgian guest on this show. So uh, you're creating a bit of history today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. I, I am I'm very excited to chat with you because I, I fought very hard on that first day of Tokyo to have you as our athlete of the day. And I think I was overruled by my co-host. So uh, I feel like we need to send them some angry messages because I, I felt you deserved it that day. I mean, you know, I, I, I fought hard, Nina, but we got you on the show. That's to kind of make up for it. And obviously it's been now about a month, amazingly, a bit more than a month now since the Olympics. I mean, this journey to get to an Olympics and now it's been more than a month. I mean, how's it been since you've been back from Tokyo? It must have been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's been so crazy. And also the time just goes so 
fast. It's so crazy that it's, it's been more than a month. It's so crazy. Um, so yeah, after my competition, I uh, obviously went back home and it was super crazy because um, two days after my competition, it was actually my 19th birthday. Wow. So that was super nice. So yeah, I was, um, I just went home on the day uh, of my birthday so I could like, um, uh, celebrate a bit with my family and my boyfriend and with some friends. It was really nice. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And then I just relaxed for like a long time. Uh, <laughs> I slept a lot. <laughs> I ate a lot of food as well. <laughs> that was really nice. Um, and yeah, then I went on a holiday to Italy and now I'm back home and I'm just trying to get back into routine because obviously it's been a crazy situation with like going to the Olympics and all the, the qualification events before that. And like after that, having a, a holiday, it's been like my first real holiday in six years. So that's, <laughs> I definitely needed that. So that was really nice. But now I'm just trying to get back into routine and trying to get back to training. So, yeah. I think you definitely deserved a holiday and, you know, use that around an excuse of competing at an Olympics and your 19th birthday. I think, uh, that's that's a very valid excuse for that. I, I'm always fascinated when we have guests on the show to sort of learn about how they got involved in their sport. And it's actually interesting. Our only other weightlifter that we've spoken to on this show, Kiana Elliott, she she had a almost a similar sort of story to yours in the fact that she actually started out in gymnastics and then ended up in weightlifting. And I was fascinated hearing Kiana's journey into weightlifting from gymnastics. I'd love to hear your journey, Nina, because again, this is two sports that I don't often see kind of relating to each other, gymnastics and weightlifting. So how do you go from gymnastics into weightlifting? Well, there are actually a lot of weightlifters that did gymnastics before weightlifting. So that's that's actually super exciting because gymnastics is like a really good preparation for it because um, you obviously need to use your muscles. Other than that, you need to like um, connect with your body. You need to like know um, how to move and you need to learn to learn your body like really know how your body works and it's the same with weightlifting you really need to know how to move your body and everything like that and also you need to be really um flexible because so that is as well in weightlifting as in gymnastics so that's uh, important as well but yeah how i got into weightlifting is actually a really funny story um because also in belgium um weightlifting isn't as known as like soccer or anything so um everybody's always asking me like, how is this little girl starting with weight weightlifting? It's so crazy. Um, so yeah, actually I did gymnastics for a really long time. I started when I was five years old um, and I always did tumbling. Um, so yeah, that's there. You need to use your legs a lot as well. So that was also a good preparation for weightlifting. But um, when I was 13 years old, I actually went on a training camp for uh, gymnastics um and um it was kind of a coincidence but um there was uh an evening and instead of doing a gymnastics training session we went to like um a little gym with like some uh some weights and um everything like that and there was a trainer there a weightlifting trainer but obviously at that time i didn't even know what weightlifting was um and he was just asking us like are there some girls here who want to try some exercises? And me and a friend of mine, um, we said, yeah, sure, we want to try it. Um, and 
it was actually a lot of fun, but these exercises were actually like a, a bit of a preparation for weightlifting. And if you did those exercises, it was really good to see if you um, were good at it and if you were strong and if you could like um, learn the technique really fast. And actually I, I did really good there. Obviously it wasn't as good as I'm doing weightlifting right now, but at that time for the first time I was really strong and that um, trainer, he saw that and he actually knew um, Tom, who is my coach right now. And so um, after that session, he actually um, called Tom and was like, there's a girl here and she's really good at weightlifting. And I think she could be like a really, really good athlete. Wow. Um, so maybe you should call her after this training camp and ask if she wants to do like a training session and wants to start training with you. Um, and actually it's really fun because, um, at first Tom was like, oh, I don't know. I'm so buzzy and I don't know if I have time for this little girl, but then <laughs> he still called my mom and I went for like a training session. I was like, okay, she is really good. So maybe I should put some time in it. And I'm really glad he did. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah. That's crazy. I feel it's a hidden agenda. Like, are they just kind of secretly getting you to go, oh yeah, come do these training exercises so they can be like, okay, I'm sure these girls are going to be good at weightlifting. I'm going to find someone. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of seeds that way that they kind of kind of testing that out, which it must be amazing then that to be told that hey, you're you're pretty good at this sport, like why not give it a go? I mean, how how then was that decision to give up gymnastics and and focus on on weightlifting, something that you know ultimately you've gone on to become an Olympian at? Well, at first I did uh, weightlifting and gymnastics at the same time, so I did like uh, three training sessions of gymnastics in one week, and then like two sessions of weightlifting, so it was pretty okay to do both at the same time. But then at some point, like after a year of doing both at the same time, it was just getting um, more difficult because obviously my trainers wanted to increase the amount of training sessions for weightlifting. So it was getting a bit difficult. And as well for the competitions, because at some point I had a competition of gymnastics and a competition of weightlifting at the same time. So oh, it was wow. getting complicated. So I definitely had to choose. Um, and for me at that time, it was pretty easy to choose actually, because I was way better at weightlifting than I was at gymnastics. Um, and also since I was like this little kid, I always wanted to go to the Olympics. So obviously when I was doing tumbling, tumbling isn't a, an Olympic sport. So I couldn't go with that so yeah obviously when i was getting into weightlifting i was like okay if i get really good at this i could actually one day go at the olympic Games. so um yeah that was a pretty easy decision but actually every time i look back back at like when i started doing weightlifting it went so fast like it's so crazy like the first time i did like this international meet and then going to like european championship for my age and then going into like those bigger competitions they just followed up so fast and it's so crazy to think that I've actually been to the Olympics at this point it's sometimes yeah. I'm just it's so crazy and it's it's always going so fast so yeah it's such but a it's quick, a lot of fun so. it's kind of like a very quick turnaround then because so at that age was that that was roughly around sort of Rio. So like, was that kind of like you just started weightlifting and you were maybe watching it a little bit more closely at Rio? Or was this sort of after Rio that kind of this all happened? 
Well, um, it was actually right before Rio because I remember that my coach, Tom, he actually still competed in Rio at the Olympics. Right. Um, and I remembered him training and doing like the preparation competitions and also competing at the Rio Olympics um, when I was like getting started with weightlifting. Um, so yeah, I did start weightlifting like six years ago. So that was like 2015. So it was like the year right before the Olympics. So yeah, that's when I started. I'm just going to say on, on the gymnastics side of things, you're talking about tumbling not being an Olympic sport. I saw a recent video you posted to Instagram and I'm saying if tumbling was an Olympic sport, you would probably have a very good chance of winning a medal because that was incredible, Nina. Like I had never <laughs> seen someone tumble and like that was insane. Like I, I just want you to post more videos like that because I'm like, wow, I, I, this is amazing to watch. Well, yeah, it's actually really funny because um, yesterday I did um, – well, not yesterday, but like two days ago, I did a training session with my uh, former coach of um, tumbling. And she's also like a really good friend of mine. I really like her. And um, yeah, I did this training session with her because um, I was like, I, I always love gymnastics. I totally love it. And um, when I quit with weightlifting, I'm definitely going back to gymnastics just because I like it so much. Um, and um yeah, sometimes we do that. We do after like a big competition, we do this like little gymnastic session just because I love it so much. And um, it's really nice to see that I'm still pretty strong at it. But at the same time, I, I could do so much more when I still did gymnastics for real. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's kind of like, ah, I still <laughs> want to do all those crazy things. But at the same time, I know it's crazy that I can still do like these um all those like backflips and things like that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun to do it. So yeah. Do you then do you then get your gymnastics coaches and, and sort of former teammates to try and lift weights just to kind of like, cool, well I can still do this. Can you maybe lift these weights like I was doing at the Olympics? Maybe we should try it sometime. Yeah. Do the do the crossover <laughs> there. I think I I think it would turn out very, very well. What was the hardest aspect of when you sort of was concentrating more on the weightlifting kind of you're talking about how there are a lot more closer aspects between gymnastics and weightlifting than maybe people realize but what were the more difficult parts of adapting yourself and training to weightlifting over gymnastics um at i feel like at the beginning i was definitely not used to rest as much because in weightlifting you really need to like um do like a really explosive exercise and then you need to rest for actually a pretty long time compared to other sports and then you need to do it again and i would definitely that was definitely uh difficult for me at the beginning um but now i'm like totally okay with it but uh one thing i struggle i still struggle with actually is um i'm not the most explosive type so I could actually be more explosive. That would really would really help me. But other than that, um, getting into weightlifting actually went pretty easily to me. I feel like, um, yeah, I definitely like just got really easily into it. And um, so, yeah, that's really nice, actually, because I feel like um, it could be definitely more difficult because for me, it was pretty easy because I was really flexible um, that is really important. And other than that, I just really 
know my body really well. So I feel like because of that, I got um, pretty easily into the sport. And maybe just because it's like just my sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's just like really good for me and I perform really well into the sport. So yeah, maybe if I would do like an other sport, it would definitely be more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Which you were mentioning before about sort of that ambition to go to an Olympics. I mean, what was it about the Olympics that kind of, you know, drew you towards it? Do you remember sort of watching it when you were younger going, wow, this is something I want to do? I mean, what was there particularly about the Olympics that kind of drew you to have that ambition? Yeah, for me, it's something I've always watched actually as, as a child. Um, well, at that point, I was more watching gymnastics, of course, because I've always been doing gymnastics. But for me, it was more like this crazy event um, where there were like people from all over the world and like those different sports it was so crazy to watch um as well as just knowing that that is actually the highest competition like the highest level competition you can ever compete at um so yeah for me now as well um i have obviously been doing those international competitions like world championship european championships and those are actually a lot of fun to do, and I really like doing them. But you are, when you're an Olympic weightlifter or when you're like doing an Olympic sport, you are training for the Olympic Games or for one day going to the Olympic Games because you know that it's like the biggest event you can compete at. So I feel like that was for me um, my biggest motivation, just knowing that it's like the the highest thing you can achieve, like the highest competition you can achieve. So. Um, yeah, that's the, that was definitely like the reason why I really wanted to compete there. Now, I, I this is generally one of our questions in our final set, but I want to ask this now because this is really going to make me feel old, Nina. What what was the first Olympics you actually remember watching? Um, wow, that's actually a difficult question. I feel like it would be um. 2008 something like mm -hmm. that Beijing yep okay yeah yeah if wow. it would, yeah I, I think it would be <laughs> yes. I think the first Olympics I started watching was about 10 years before you were born. So, um, yeah. Okay. Barcelona. That's pretty I, long time ago. I definitely remember, definitely remember watching a bit of Barcelona. So, um, yeah, I just, just attesting that one there. But the, the thing, obviously, as I said, you're our first Belgian athlete we've had on the show. And given my knowledge of, I guess, Belgium at the Olympics probably doesn't spread too far outside of the fact that I know Antwerp hosted in 1920. I, I I looked at sort of the sports, I guess, that Belgium are generally renowned for. And I, I noticed that weightlifting, you have medaled in weightlifting, but haven't medaled in weightlifting since Mexico, uh, a silver medal to Serge Redding. And then three medals were won at Antwerp, including a gold. Now, I'm probably going to butcher the name here. Franz de Hals uh, won a gold in the featherweight category. I mean, are, are these things that when you're on the Belgian team, like this is talked about, like it's been hundred years since Belgium have won a gold medal at the Olympics. I mean, are these, are these things that you were sort of done to spur you on to know that there is a bit of history for Belgium at the Olympics in weightlifting, but it's obviously been a bit of time since a medal has been won. Um, well, yeah, I obviously know that those people made um, medals for Belgium. Um, and sometimes we talk about it actually, but not a lot of like, not really frequently, frequently because, um, we also know that it's been like such a long time and 
times definitely changed also in weightlifting as well as like making those big medals um because you can definitely see like also with like i don't want to talk like too much about that but also with like uh use of doping and everything when we go like this time like back um in the past it was definitely like differently because right now we have like those um um doping controls really frequently and also people are like just yeah we are also in weightlifting we're just trying to get rid of like the all the doping obviously and in the past it was definitely different different also people didn't know that it was dangerous dangerous for them as well as they just used whatever they wanted to use so it was definitely different as well as um there was actually the weightlifting was actually a bit different because um, now we have like two movements. We have snatch and clean and jerk. And in the past mm -hmm. they had three movements. So that is also a bit different. Um, so we definitely know that those people made this medals and we are super proud of them, obviously, because it's like this little country of Belgium who made yeah. this medal. So really crazy. Um, but we also like keep in, con in consideration that it was like a different time. So we don't really compare to it as much. Um, and also we know that obviously I'm a girl and I'm not a, like, I'm not a man. So it's definitely different as well. Um, but yeah, it would be super crazy for me to one day make a medal, but obviously we know that making medals, middle medals at the Olympic games is such a, like, it's, it's such a, um, a different world even. It's like you can't compete at the Olympics, but competing at the Olympics and making a medal is like there is Different like level. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, I, I just love it sort of looking at kind of that aspect, because obviously I'm on the other side of the world. I'm obviously probably a little bit more Australia centric when it comes to an Olympic Games. But I love kind of looking into other countries that you know, and not a USA and, you know, a Britain where kind of they get a bit more attention and seeing that. And I, I will I will ask you quickly here, just as a bit of a test, can you tell me what sport Belgium has got the most medals in? And I'm, I'm talking gold medals overall. And I'll, there's two different sports, a gold medals and total medals. Like what sports do you think Belgium tops the medal tally in? Like over the past? Yeah, over the entire history of the Olympics. What What sports have you won the most medals in? Wow, that's so a difficult question, actually. Um, one of these surprises me, actually. Like, looking at one of these, I'm like, wow, I didn't realise Belgium was so good at that sport. So, yeah. Uh, I feel like I need to give um, some, like, you know, heads up. Like, hey, we're going to do, do a quiz on Off the Podium today to test yeah. your knowledge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I needed to prepare for this yes. question. Yes, Um. I feel like maybe swimming which would be really good for Belgium. It's it's not quite at the top, but there's a bit of success. So okay. five total medals in swimming, I can see here, a gold, two silvers and two bronze. I'll let you know, it's archery. You've won the most gold medals in, funnily enough. 11 oh, for gold. real? Wow. Yeah, archery. But total cycling, 26 medals in total for cycling. But, yeah, oh, 11 yeah. gold in archery. That's... um. It's not a sport I realised that Belgium had some success in there, but I'm seeing athletics, equestrian, fencing, um, sailing, judo, shooting, swimming, and then weightlifting, which um, 
you know, I always like to see tug of war on this list back in the good old days when tug of war was a an Olympic sport. But outside of sort of that history that we obviously are talking about there, what you mentioned sort of when you got into weightlifting, maybe not the biggest sport in Belgium, but what is kind of participation like in weightlifting? Is it a sport that's sort of growing, like since you started to where you are now? I mean, is it kind of a, a sport where it's a bit selective, where people kind of do get involved in weightlifting in Belgium? Well, yeah, it definitely changed. When I was starting doing weightlifting, I was actually the only girl there. Um, there were some women, but like of my age, I was definitely the only one. Um, but um, it was mostly men. Um, but yeah, during those time, like during those past years, it definitely changed, especially when I was like getting a bit better at weightlifting because obviously people were watching me doing those competitions and other girls and boys as well. So it definitely changed. And now we have, we have a lot more um, like children who are starting doing like kids who are starting doing weightlifting. So that's really nice as well as just in general, more women, which is really nice to see. Um, so yeah, that definitely changed. It's definitely growing a lot as well as um, with um, the help of like the CrossFit, which is also, also like really big and growing as well. Um, because obviously weightlifting is a, bit bar- a big part of CrossFit, CrossFit as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, because of that, a lot of people are, um, for example, like in Belgium, um, some people are coming to weightlifting to improve their weightlifting for CrossFit as well. And sometimes they're doing weightlifting competitions as well, just for fun of it. So that's actually really nice. Um, so yeah, it's definitely growing. We hope that it will keep on growing, obviously, because it's still a really tiny sport. Um, but it's definitely getting better. So that's really good. If, if my calculations are correct here, Nina, and I'm sure you know this, but you were the first female Belgium weightlifter since Sydney. Is that, is that correct? Ingeborg Marks back in Sydney? Is that is that true? Um, well, yeah, she was a, um, a well, a bit, really big weightlifter as well, but we have one other weightlifter, um, a female weightlifter, um, Anna van Bellingen. Right. Uh, she's from like the, the southern part of our country. She's she's she speaks french um so we we don't really see each other as much um because because we live like far apart from each other but uh, she went to this olympics as well um and she's doing um some big competitions as well um so yeah we're like this time we were like the two girls so that was really nice as well that must be a pretty special feeling then to to think that you know there's been that big gap between having a Belgian female weightlifter and then for both of you to kind of, you know, 20 years later kind of to, to continue it on because obviously that, that's a pretty big gap, 20 years between sort of Olympics, between, you know, when the last Belgian female weightlifter competed. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely crazy and it's super nice that we both went to the Olympics as well. Um, yeah, so it's definitely been a crazy journey for both of us because it was definitely really um um like at the end it was not sure if we could go to the olympics for both of us it was actually pretty um like how do you say that like kind of special kind of an honor pretty pretty close like it was um 
Yeah, we, we weren't sure actually, because for me as well, uh, it was actually my last qualification e event um, that made me go to the Olympic Games. So other than that, I couldn't go if I didn't do that last competition. Um, I couldn't go to the Olympics. So for her as well, it was definitely um, pretty close to going to the Olympics or staying home. Um, but yeah, in the end, we both made it. So that was actually really nice for, for us and for weightlifting as well. Um, and definitely for me, I feel like it's, it's kind of nice that it's also two girls and not like two men, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like, because all those people always think that weightlifting is only for like big men. And then they, they see me and it's like this tiny girl and they're like, how are you doing weightlifting? I'm like, this sport isn't only for big men. I can yeah. lift some weights well. Yeah. So it's nice to be there and um, yeah, be there for weightlifting and for Belgium as well and just show that it's not only for men. We can lift the weights as well and perform really well. So that was, that was nice. For, for those of our listeners, maybe more so here in Australia, who maybe aren't too familiar with how the language divide works in Belgium. So you're mentioning that she sort of speaks French in the South. If you're from the North, so you're speaking Dutch. Is, is, is that correct? Dutch, German, is that sort of how it works in, in Belgium? Um, yes, uh, I speak Dutch, actually. There is this tiny part in the South as well where they speak German. Right. Uh, but there are not a lot of people that live there. It's mostly Dutch and French. So, um, yeah. But I can that speak like... French as well, but my my um, my main language is Dutch. Yeah. Wow, and speak English fantastically. Can I just say that? I mean, way better than my Dutch. I don't know if I can tell you a single Dutch word. I, I'm I'm a big Formula One fan, so I know that Belgium's got pretty much the greatest Formula One track in Spa Francorchamps, and the, that race was on recently, and all the Max Verstappen fans from from Holland come to watch it. So it's kind of it's just it's it's. I realize they're very close, <laughs> so it's kind of like kind of going going on that aspect. When you start making your way up the ranks and in the sport, you, you progress up the ladder, you're going to world youth championship, uh, world, you know, European championships, world championships, things along those lines. Like I read that you set your goals obviously very high for Paris. That was kind of the target. And then obviously you end up at Tokyo, uh, kind of you're just mentioning there about the, the qualifying sort of that weight. Explain how that happened. Because like obviously if you're setting your targets for, for Paris – Tokyo is a bit of a bonus, isn't it, then, that if maybe you're not sort of thinking that that's a realistic option. So how, how does that end up happening, that you end up at a ticket, with a ticket to Tokyo? Well, um, actually, it's always been Paris for us, like when I when I started getting better. Um, and we kind of knew that if I kept on progressing, I knew one day I would make it to the Olympic Games. For us, it would be Paris 2024. Um, so yeah, when this qualification, um, for Tokyo started, it was actually the end of 2018. Um, so yeah, then we kind of, um, talked about this a bit, like with my coaches and we decided to still do some qualification events because, um, those qualifications events, like sometimes it was like European championships, uh, world championships as well. So I was going to um do those competitions competitions like either way if it was for the qualification event or not so um i did some qualifications events um 
because we had like this thing in mind um, that you never know what happens. Um, sometimes they're kind of like people get injured or get sick or you never know if like people um, get out of the qualification and you can still make it to the Olympic Games because my coach as well, he went to the Olympics three times, but actually um, two of those times were super close. And it was like the last time when he went to Rio, it was actually one week before his competition in Rio that he got a call and he was like, you can still come to the Olympics. You wow. are like qualifications qualified right now because someone dropped out. So you never know what happens. But I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to make it to the Olympics in Tokyo. There is like no way, but I was like, okay, we can do those competitions. It's fine. I can like use those competitions as well to um, improve myself and improve like, um, just um like how do you say it um like get more get used to doing more big competitions so that was really nice for me so i definitely did those competitions um and then when, when we came like a bit closer when it was like the end of 2019 the beginning of 2020 um we were obviously getting closer to the Olympics because at that point the Olympics was still going to happen at 2020. So um, we kind of sat down and we made the calculation of like what I needed to do to make it to the Olympic Games. And we were all like, okay, maybe there is a chance. You never know what happens. So um, then we were really prepared for like two big competitions because in March I had uh, world championships for juniors and then in um, uh, April I had this um, senior European championship. So I was really pre prepared for those. But then obviously COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think Which I heard was that. pretty sad. <laughs> um, but for me at that time, it was pretty sad um, because I was really prepared for these competitions and I was really strong at that moment and I knew I could compete super well there um and also it was just a really rough time like um I was getting prepared for a competition and then was getting cancelled and then it was put on another date and then it was cancelled again and then it was I was getting so demotivated so that was definitely a bad year but um yeah then we Get, we got to like 2021 and obviously for me I was at this point I was like okay I am prepared for a competition I want to do a qualification event we actually need need two more qualification events because um, the junior world championship was a qualification event and it didn't happen yet as well as a senior European championship so those both actually needed to happen before the Olympics but I was also at this point where I was like, if I don't have a competition, I obviously can't go to the Olympic Games because I still need to do a competition. I still need to improve myself. Um, so I could, I knew I could only make it to the Olympics if there were some competitions that were being organized. Um, and then in April, um, they were getting like some competitions again and I did the European Championships and as well, uh, and then I did European Championships and I de definitely moved up a lot in like the ranking list. So that was really nice. And then we we knew what exactly we needed to do 
at the junior world championships and I actually made it at my last, very last lift. Wow. Um, because I needed to do, um, what was it again? I think it was like a 108 clean and jerk. And I did it as my second attempt and I missed it. Um, and then I was like to myself, because the competition before that, I was like, I was really saying to myself, like, I need to make this now and I need to make it. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and that definitely didn't go well because I, um, I did a really bad meet there. <laughs> um, but then with the last competition, I was like, okay, I know I can make it. I just, I, you know, you, you never know what happens. I can just try my best. And if it works out, then I'm going to be really happy. If it doesn't work out, that's okay as well. Um, so I didn't put any pressure on myself. And I actually did a super good competition there. And I ended up making the 108 clean jerk. And then I just cried so much because I knew at that point that I made the Olympic Games. Um, and also it was kind of sad because at that point I really wanted to tell the whole world that I made it to Olympic Games. But I actually couldn't because it wasn't official yet. Right. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I still need to wait, but I want to tell everybody. <laughs> because everybody was also like, I did a 108 clean and jerk and it wasn't my um, my personal record because my personal record was 109. And everybody was like, wow, I didn't know you were going to be so happy with that 108 clean and jerk. And I was like, no, you don't know because you don't know that I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> you can't tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so why couldn't you tell? Why, why, why weren't you able, like what was sort of in between you doing what you that lift and then the official confirmation that you were going to the Olympics where you could share that with everyone? Well, um, because it's like this super complicated complicated um qualification system right. in which you have like the top eight that are um in the ranking list one of um each country um so you can't have two uh people of the same country in one category so the top eight is going um is is getting their tickets definitely mm -hmm. and then it's like one person of each continent um but sometimes for example, for me, I could actually qualify in three different categories. I right. could qualify in the 49, in the 55, and in the 59 category. So some people are like in different categories and you never know who is going to choose which category. So you kind of make a guess for yourself to see like, okay, I think this person is going to try and qualify in that category and that as well. And then you kind of make a guess at like what um, you need to do to make it to the Olympics. Um, but you'd never know for sure. So we were like 99% sure that I was going to make it to the Olympics. Um, but you never know because some people end up making a different decision than you thought they were going to make. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the deal because um, yeah, for me, I was, pretty sure i was going to the olympics so i was super happy but at the same time you never know so you can't actually tell anyone yet so yeah it was Works out yeah that way. so is that then why so you generally compete in the 55 but at the olympics you're in the 49 so it was kind of that was where the qualification sort of process worked essentially so that's why you competed in the 49 instead of the 55 well um 
the 55, there was actually no way, no way I would make it to the 55 for the Olympics because the 55 category, I don't know why, but um, for some reason, um, the level was super high. Everybody was super strong in that category. So I couldn't actually make it, but I could make it in the 49 and in the 59 as well. But the 59 is like not my category at all. We just did two competitions in that category for like, you never know if, if that category is going to be easier than the 55, um, which ended up happening. Um, so, yeah, um, I had this decision and I knew going to the 49 was going to be super difficult because I ended up ne needing to lose um, 10 kilograms um, wow. of body weight. So that's obviously a lot of weight. Um, but I knew as well that going to the 59 was going to be pretty easy because then I didn't need to look at anything. Um, so I kind of had this decision. Do I want it? Like, do I want to go to the Olympics and be like super relaxed, being able to eat everything I want, but not really having like a competition. I mean, I would be there and it's competition, but just compete and just participate, but not, um, then I would like end up being like 13th or something or like, because and there wouldn't be like, I'm not a 59 kilogram athlete at all. I'm not as strong as the other girls um, because I, I don't weigh that much. Um, and I knew that a 49 would be super difficult. And I actually didn't know if I could make it to the 49 because losing 10 kilograms is a lot of weight, obviously. And I never did that before. Um, but I definitely wanted to just compete there for real and like fight for my place. And I knew that if I went to the 49, I could end up way higher. And I just wanted to, you never know if this is going to be my only Olympics ever. You never know what's going to happen in the future. So I definitely wanted to try as hard and do like, I've put in everything I can, like all of my energy. And I definitely knew that um, going to the 49 would be that case. So that's why I went to the 49 and it definitely like paid off in the end because I went, I made fifth place and I yeah. know I could no way make that in the 59 category. So I was really happy with my decision, with my decision. I, I have to ask then Nina, how do you lose 10 kilos? Like what, what do you do? Is it just a case of, Hey, Hey coach, like give me some tips. Like, I mean, I, I want to know your secret. Um, there is no secret for real. Um, you just need to eat less and less and less. And at the end, you aren't, you really aren't eating anything. Um, a lot of people were asking me to like on Instagram. I, I have a lot of followers on, on Instagram and I like to share my story there. Um, and a lot of people were asking me actually during my preparation, like, how are you losing all, all that weight? And I actually didn't want to tell anyone, like a lot of people are asking as well, how many calories are you eating? And I didn't want to tell anyone because I know some people are just going to try it as well because they're like, oh yeah, she's losing a lot of weight. I'm going to do the same without thinking. And I don't want people to do that because I knew that I was eating super little at that time. Um, because I also knew that this is for the Olympics. I, this is a one-time thing. I'm not going to do this again. Um, and yeah, for me, it was just, yeah, that one 
situation. And also I knew what I was doing because I know my body super well. And I knew that if I would get sick or feel super uh, weird or like feel super bad, I would definitely quit. There is no way I was like, um, my, my health is always like, the first thing I'm looking for. So if my health is not okay, then I'm definitely not going to keep on losing all that weight. Um, but I also had like a really good nutritionist. So I definitely wasn't doing this on my own. I was like really well. Um, I was like, there were a lot of people with me that were helping me doing this. Um, so um, yeah, that's why I don't like to share those things because you never know that people are like out of the blue, just gonna like, oh yeah, she's doing that. Oh, I'm gonna do this as well, um, which can be actually really dangerous. So, um, but yeah, just it's it's pretty easy actually just eat, eat less. <laughs> <laughs> eat less, exercise yeah. more. It's, I mean, it's, 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 I guess it's the perfect motivator when you want to lose weight to go to an Olympic Games. I mean, right now, if you told me, Ben, if you drop 20 kilos by 2024, you're an Olympian. I think I could probably manage that, Nina. I think that's a pretty good motivator. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it definitely like you're going to take that. <laughs> that's a good reward to kind of have that there. So when it's all confirmed, you're 100% going. Again, this is sort of fast-tracked isn't it like you're, you're thinking Paris and all of a sudden you kind of got a bonus sort of Olympics here to kind of look for and you're going there 18 years of age too I mean just what's that experience like when you can share it with people you sort of you're already were aware that you were going but then you can share it with people you can jump on social media or, I'm an Olympian now I mean that must be a pretty incredible moment to sort of get to that point in your life where you've re- achieved your dream ahead of schedule Yes, definitely. Um, because for me also, um, I, I was super excited to, do, to go to Tokyo, like for sure. But at the same time, I didn't put any pressure on me because I knew that actually the biggest achievement for me was making it to the Olympic Games and not um, like having this high expectation of like, yeah, I need to be like, top eight or top five or I need to make a medal there was no way I gonna I was gonna make a medal and I wasn't putting any pressure on myself because I knew like I made it to the Olympic Games that is the biggest achievement I could actually no my biggest achievement was actually like having a medal at the European Championships and other than that for me it was like oh no I'm not gonna make it to the Olympics um, because I thought I was not going to make it, but then I, in the end I did. So I actually did better than my own expectations, which was, which was actually really nice. Um, so yeah, that was like the biggest achievement I could have this year. Um, and so, yeah, I was super excited to tell everybody, uh, of course. So yeah. Um, telling my family and like telling my boyfriend and all of my friends, obviously I told, all those people like the minute I knew I was going to make it but when I could actually like tell everybody like in my country and on social media I was super excited with it as well like it was so crazy also because um a lot of people definitely wanted me to go to the Olympics because they knew that I was working so hard to make it and um yeah they they definitely thought that I really deserved it so um 
a lot of people were also super happy with me. So that was really nice as well. So yeah, I was super excited to tell everybody and as well, just tell them that like from now on, I can definitely like share my story and like share how I'm going to prepare for this big competition and how my time is going to be there and what I'm going to do there in Tokyo as well. So that was really nice. Yeah. Given your event was day one, like this is this is the first day of, of the Olympics. I mean, I'm guessing it's a bit different with COVID restrictions and everything, but I mean, how how quick were you to get to Tokyo in terms of were you there sort of a couple of weeks before to acclimatize? Kind of how did all that work? Because obviously you got to leave pretty quickly, but I mean, I can imagine that lead up's a little bit different for somebody who's competing on day one and that's your only event. Um, well, I actually... Um went to a city called Mito, uh, which is pretty close to Tokyo, um, at like two weeks before my competition. I went there to do like a, a little training camp with a lot of people from Belgium who were, who were going to the Olympics, so from other sports as well. Uh, and that was really nice. Um, so yeah, that was definitely really good to like just um, get used to the time difference and guess you get used to the heat as well. <laughs> um, so that was actually really good. Um, so yeah, then I went there uh, and then five days before my competition, we went to the Olympic venue because um, you were only allowed like five days before the competition started to be there. Um, so that was like, the first we could go so that was because that was like the reason we went there um so yeah and then we were there obviously and then um we still had some time to like get used to all the people there and like how it works with like getting food and uh, our bedroom and everything so that was really nice actually i feel like that was a really good um amount of time to get used to that and also like just enjoy it a bit a bit as well. So, yeah, that was definitely really good. And I'm assuming given your competitions on the first day then that you don't do the opening ceremony or you're discouraged from doing the opening ceremony. And, I mean, is that a disappointing aspect of it that you kind of can't, your competition's the first day so you don't get to do the opening ceremony? For me, it actually wasn't disappointing because at that moment I felt so... Um, like, I definitely didn't have the energy to do that because I, I, I obviously already lost so much weight and it was just um, at the end. So I wasn't like, I didn't have a lot of energy to do all those big things. And obviously I just wanted to get in my bed and get some sleep. Um, and it's simply like, um, we have like this... Um, I don't know if it's like an Olympic rule or if it's just like from Belgium, but the people who are competing on the first day are actually not allowed to go to the opening ceremony. Right. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice. Um, but yeah, either way, like if I had the choice, I I wouldn't go to the to uh, like the opening ceremony as well because I knew it would just be um, not a good decision for me because you obviously get tired and. Um, I, I just wanted to perform well and just so yeah obviously um that was like an easy decision to make because it's always I always like to think that if I'm one of the because here in Australia a lot of the time they always talk about say the swimmers don't go to the opening ceremony because they're you know competing on the first day or things like that and it's 
I've always been that person who's like, yeah, screw that. I wouldn't listen to anyone. I'd go like, uh, you know, like the, the non-athlete Ben here saying that, ah, you know, I can stay up to two in the morning and compete at six the next day. It's not that hard. But uh, yeah, obviously you were there for one thing only and that's to compete in an Olympics. You know, a, a ceremony is not what you're there for. So uh, it, it, it's obviously, yeah, not, not a difficult decision when your focus is on the, the end of the day competing very well on day one. Yeah, I feel like... Um if you can go to that opening ceremony with like no problems uh, because you still have a long time to like your competition, you should definitely go because it's obviously like super nice to be there and it's so special to see and be there in real life. But if it is like any way it could make your um, competition or your preparation like worse, then it's like, you, you shouldn't risk it. I feel like you shouldn't risk it because you train so much and so hard for this competition so, such a long time and it would be a shame to like kind of mess it up a bit just by going to that opening ceremony. So, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you still then soak in the Olympic spirit experience kind of, you know, when you're in the village, when, when you're going to the competition venue, just kind of, realizing all the little things what it means i guess to be an olympian at that point seeing the rings everywhere trading pins like kind of just going through that whole experience outside of the competition um i don't know i i still kind of feel weird about that actually because still right now like i actually know that i went to the olympic games but i don't always feel like i went to the olympic games because it seems so weird and at that time, like too, I was there at the Olympic Games and obviously I, I saw the rings everywhere and I saw all those people from different countries and different sports as well. And everybody was obviously talking about the Olympic Games and like the big competition, but it's, it didn't really feel like, I don't know, I, I feel it was kind of how I imagined it, it would be, but um it was kind of just a real, it, feel like, it felt like a, a really nice um, little vacation for like a lot of people who are doing a lot of sports. <laughs> it kind of felt like that because well, looking at everybody, it. Was just really, everybody was just being really nice. Everybody was talking to each other. Like also with trading the pins, it was so nice to just like um, Ask each, ask each other some questions like where are you from and like what sports are you doing when are you competing how are you feeling about your competition so but I feel like um I feel like yeah I don't know some people were obviously like super stressed about their competition maybe it's also because I was super relaxed about my competition because I was like you know, I already made it to Olympic Games. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Um, maybe it's because of that as well. Maybe if I were like more nervous, it would be a different experience. So maybe it's because of that. But I definitely like really enjoyed my time there. But sometimes I still like, I don't know. I don't really feel like I've been to the Olympic Games. <laughs> sometimes it, it, it's weird. <laughs> it'll come. I'm sure there'll be one day where you're just going to go, 
Yeah, okay, I'm an Olympian. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Olympian. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe yes, I should do it a second time in Paris and then maybe, maybe. I'm going to be like, yeah. okay, yeah. Use, use that as an excuse. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't feel it. Maybe I'll go to a second one, twist my arm. All right, sure. If I must, like, okay, you know, <laughs> think of think of worse things to do. I mean, i got to talk about how you went, the competition. I mean, ultimately you finished fifth, but I, I was absolutely glued to my TV watching it. I mean, it it, it is a sport that, Sadly, I only ever really get to see it in Olympic Games. It's it's not something that is primetime TV in Australia. You know, we're sort of not really focused on it. But it was just fascinating watching the competition. And what really stood out for me, Nina, is just just the the tenacity, the the, the passion you had for it, and just every single lift, just putting your all. And, and obviously, the final lift when you know you you looked like you had it, you thought you had it, then ultimately you don't, and then it was the emotion and everything. And that's sort of what led me to nominate you for Athlete of the Day because what what just was amazing about watching you is that you had as much emotion and, and passion and everything going through you as if you had won the gold medal. And yet you'd finished fifth and, like, you were, you're almost as happy as you won a gold. And, like, I think even the commentators in Australia were kind of going like, oh, yeah, she's very disappointed, clearly. She thought she could do better. But then all of a sudden you started smiling and then they're kind of like, oh, actually, no, she. I think she's happy. Like, you know, it was just, it was such an amazing kind of thing to watch. I mean, what were you feeling in that moment? Because everything that was happening on that last lift, the protest, everything, like, can you even describe all those emotions that you were feeling in those moments? Well, actually, like, yeah, that's really true. A lot of people actually thought I was crying because I was really sad I didn't make that last lift. Um, but that, at, at this moment, I was just really happy. And just like all those emotions were there, like at the same time, it was just, I had been training for this moment for such a long time. And it like the past two months before this competition, they were so hard, like losing all that weight and all the all the pressure still for like not knowing if I was going to make it to the Olympic Games and still like needed to do all those things and being really stressed as well. And then at that moment, you just know that you actually made it and you are an Olympian at that moment because you you made one snatch and one clean and jerk. And that's all you needed to do. That is all I needed to do there. Because then I just knew, okay, now I have a place and now I am officially an Olympian. And now I can just like enjoy the moment. Now I don't need to think about anything anymore. I don't need to like do really good training sessions. I don't need to think about my food as much. I just can <laughs> like relax a bit. I can enjoy my time. I can like eat whatever I want. And now I can just like, it was just this moment I was like, wow, I actually made it. And I was, obviously I missed that last one. And um, it, was a, it was a little press out. And if I would have made that lift, I, I, I would be fourth. So it would have made like a difference of one place. But for me at that point, I was like, I don't care if I made that lift or I didn't. I really don't care. I am here. I am fifth place, which was actually like super crazy for me. Um, and still, like I, I feel I, I had a really bad day that day. I, re I really had a bad day. Also, my coaches they came to me after my competition and they were like, "You had a really bad day." And we were both like, we all of us were like, "Yeah, we know you had a bad day, but we don't care at all. Like you did really well. You pushed through it. It's." 
it's okay. I still made fifth place, which, which is super crazy. So now then we were like, you had a bad day and you're like fifth at the Olympics. Yeah. Who can say that? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was just like, I don't care. I had a bad day. I don't care. I missed all this lift. I'm just super happy. I'm here. I'm super happy. I'm, I made this competition. And yeah, that was just like all the emotions coming together at one moment. And that's like, I just kept on crying so much. It was, but yeah, I was kind of sad at the end that a lot of people thought I was crying because I was sad, but I wasn't because I was just super happy. <laughs> Which is, so, I yeah. love that the, the cameras have sort of just stayed on you for so long, you know, in sort of the back room area. And it was just, I think that's, I don't know if the commentators were just sort of like not really paying attention, but like you could clearly see that like sort of you were crying, but then all of a sudden there was like a smile on your face and it was kind of like, well, unless this is a Belgian thing that like when they're upset, they smile. Like, I don't think she's upset. I think she's actually kind of happy here all of a sudden. And and that's seriously what I love about watching any Olympics. It, it is that moment when you, when you can see athletes like yourself that are happy based on a performance. Like, yes, it's great to come away with a medal. Of course it is. But to be fifth in an Olympics and, and walk away happy. And even what you're saying there to not have a great day, but still be proud. I mean, that's something Nina no one can ever take away from you. Even if you unfortunately don't go to another Olympics, you're always not only an Olympian, but you finish fifth in an Olympics. I mean, that's a pretty good darn introduction to any room you walk in. Here's Nina Sturks, fifth place finisher at the Olympic Games. I mean, yes, that's you want to hear that all the time. Yeah, that's that's so true. For me, it was that's that's the same what I said. Like obviously, I I really wanted to make top eight at the Olympic Games, but I kind of knew that no matter what, even if I had a bad day, I would make top eight. So I was kind of sure about that. But for me, it was just like, no way I could go to the Olympic Games was the biggest achievement for me. And that's why I didn't have any pressure. For, for me, it was just, oh, I'm just going to compete and try to do as well as I can. And obviously, I know my training sessions were going super well. So I knew that I had some possibilities to like move up a few like a few places um so yeah but at that point i was just like super happy and super proud of myself that i actually made it and at that point i was like thinking wow i actually lost all that weight i did that myself i still can i i stand here like after this crazy time and like this hard and tough time of this past two months but even like the past six years i i always trained super hard to do those big competitions and then end up make end up making it to the olympic games and i feel like at that moment at that moment i was just realizing how proud i actually am of myself to be able to do that because i was like wow I feel like not a lot of people would be able to do this <laughs> and I did it and I can be super proud of myself because I did it. So that was really how I felt at that moment. So, yeah. What was it like checking your phone that night? Because uh, obviously uh, it was uh, quite a, quite a popular moment, obviously made a bit of news. And then I mean, even seeing on your Instagram, you shared a couple of sort of images that some of the fans shared, but I mean, had you ever had that amount of messages on your phone ever when you eventually checked it? Oh no, that was so crazy. Also, like, it's really funny, actually. Me and my boyfriend, um, we actually made a guess before I went to the Olympic Games. Um, 
how many followers we thought I was going to have when I came back to Belgium. Right. right. <laughs> and um, we were both guessing like, I don't know how much was it going, like 12,000, something like that. Um, because when I went to the Olympic Games, I had like 9,000, like a bit under 10,000. And then <laughs> when we, we looked at it, I was like, I don't know how, how, much, how many it was at the time, but I was like, like 25,000 or something. And we were both like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening here? Like even the moment I like, what I looked at my phone and was like, my phone totally blew up. Like I, I was trying to read all the messages, but I couldn't like keep up with it. They were like, I was reading one and then were like five more and 20 more. And I was like, what is happening here? I, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that was super crazy. And it took me such a long time. Like I, I really wanted to like read every single message I got and like every single comment, but it took me such a long time to get through it. Um, but it was so crazy. Like, and it was such a crazy feeling to we're actually like watching my competition and we're like, like really cheering on for me. Like it was so crazy to actually realize that because I feel like not a lot of people know me actually because I am this little girl and I haven't been in the sport for a super long time as well. I'm from Belgium. So not a lot of, lot of I know that a lot of people from Belgium know me, but Belgium is still a super like tiny country. So there are not a lot of people that actually know me. And I feel like just the fact that they were watching a weightlifting competition or like weightlifting at the Olympic Games and they saw me and they like, were like, wow, this little girl is super strong. And I actually like, I, I really want her to make this lift. That is just such a nice feeling to know that I can like inspire other people. And like, that that's so crazy because a lot of people are like also saying that they they started doing weightlifting because of me and they're like really inspired because of me or they like I really motivate them to train hard and it's always such a crazy feeling to know that because that's actually like the the reason I have an Instagram account because I I don't really like Instagram too much but the only reason is that I can like share my story and share everything and motivate other people and inspire other people as well that's actually the only reason I have Instagram. So yeah, and it's really nice every time I got like a message or anything to say like I did that. And that's so crazy. And yeah, that's just, it's it's so crazy. And that was such a crazy moment as well. So it was so nice. I do like the drawings. Like there's what sort of like it's, I guess, you and I guess like a Disney princess style sort of uh, in a dress. And then there's kind of like a really good, a nice one sort of you in in your outfit. I mean, I guess that's something you never imagined that you're going to have fans like drawing pictures of you and sending that in to you. No, that was so crazy. Like there were so many people following me from China and all those people there were like making those paintings and like drawings and everything like that. It was so crazy. And it's super funny, actually. They said that I was um, like a little Disney princess because I was wiping my tears like this. And they thought it was like super elegant or something, but I was actually doing that because where my hands were like full of chalk still. So I wasn't going <laughs> to do like this it. because otherwise my, my head would be full of chalk. So that's why I did yeah. like this. <laughs> but, yeah, it was super, yeah. <laughs> but it was super cute. Like 
they they all made so many people made like those those drawings and like those paintings and like all that art of me and it was so nice to see him i felt like super supported by so many people it was super crazy what was the mood i mean obviously you you can't unfortunately stay around that long given competition COVID and all that sort of stuff but we talked a lot during the olympics about numerous countries had their best games ever you know australia we had a very good game new zealand had their best games ever canada like so many countries had their best games ever belgium had a very good game i believe it was your belgium's best games i think since about 1924 or something like that so incredibly successful i mean what was the mood like just amongst the the belgian olympic team in 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 general and coming back home obviously buoyed by images like yours i mean obviously another nina did very well in gymnastics the hockey team you know things like that i mean it must have been a pretty good mood amongst amongst the team after tokyo um yeah definitely obviously when we went to tokyo we knew that we had a big chance for some people and like some teams to make big medals, but you never know till the day comes. And everybody was like super happy for everybody. Like even obviously making big medals is like super crazy. And we are super proud of all those athletes who are making medals, but even the athletes who are like competing at the Olympic games and making like 10th place or like um, fifth place or like, eighth place like everything we are like super proud of every single athlete who is making it to the olympic games and just making a place there it's so crazy so yeah it was definitely obviously because my competition was the first day i went back home super early so um there were not a lot of people who were like coming home uh with me so we were like with five athletes or something uh when we went back home but yeah the other people like the other athletes who um did really well who came back later it was super crazy in belgium as well like everybody was like super proud of them and now still um there's actually um tomorrow night we have like this event um in belgium i don't know if you know it it's like um memorial van damme which is like uh um an event for uh, athletics right and um there is like this um thing we always do like the year of the olympics there is this event and then a lot of people from belgium are coming to see this event because it's like a pretty big competition um and after the competition we do like this tour with all the olympians from belgium to just like wave at all the fans and everything so that's actually really nice so um we're doing that tomorrow and that's super crazy as well um so yeah, a lot of people are super proud of all the athletes who went to the Olympic Games. So that's really nice because we feel like um, Belgium is, there are not a lot of athletes in Belgium, but we always feel like the athletes who are in Belgium are really good and always compete with a lot of passion. And we're just super proud of each other and we try to encourage each other as much as we can. Um, so yeah, that's just really nice to see like people from um belgium competes really well so yeah i was, I was going to ask if that sort of thing because i know in australia we will have welcome home parades in sort of our cities they will you know generally you know if you're from sydney you'll go to your sydney one if you're from melbourne you'll go to, you know things like that and obviously with COVID at the moment sort of they're not really happening but it's great to see that kind of that's something that is, is done there to kind of i guess celebrate all the olympians you know medals or not like that that's that's fantastic so i mean is that like 
something that you've ever experienced before? Like, I mean, have, have you been there as a, as a fan maybe in the past and kind of now you get to see this on the other side? I mean, I can't imagine this is something that you maybe would be exposed to too much. Well, um, I didn't actually go like in in real life, but I definitely knew and watched this on the television a lot of times. Um, yeah, so also after Rio as well. So I definitely know that it's like um, a really nice thing they do for like all the Olympias. And it's just super nice to be there and like one more time experience and just realize from realize like, wow, I actually went to the Olympic Games and we all went yeah. to the Olympic Games and we did super well. And we, we are just super proud of like ourselves, but each other as well. And that's just a really nice moment to be there and just celebrate but with each other. So, yeah. One thing I'll quickly say, Nina, on behalf of Australia, we are still a little bit heartbroken about the hockey, um, but we are slowly getting over it. You, you, you broke our hearts in that penalty shootout, but, hey, it's all right. We did say that if we were going to lose to any country in the world, Belgium's fine. If we had lost to New Zealand or, or England, we'd be pissed off. But Belgium's fine. We like you guys, so it's all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which obviously initially the goal was to for Paris. I mean, bonus Olympics. You've got fit at Tokyo now. So is that obviously now the target sort of pushing towards Paris and and is it something that you can sort of see yourself going on further than Paris? Is it sort of a, a long-term goal to go to as many of the Olympics? Could we see you in in Brisbane here in our very own backyard in 11 years time? Oh yeah, I was actually like when we were in Tokyo, they actually announced that um, the um, Olympics, I don't remember the, the year, but it was going to be in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to try and compete as long as I can and make it to <laughs> Australia. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was actually really funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like you never know what happens and you kind of need to feel how you f like feel yourself and know like are you still motivated do you still like doing this sports and how do you feel like still training so much and training so hard for another like four years obviously now it's three years but so i feel like i'm just gonna try and take it like one olympics at a time <laughs> so yeah obviously now it's obviously paris but other after that like I'm just going to see, obviously I'm still young, so I could actually make a few more Olympics if everything just goes to plan and everything's, everything like just keeps on going really well, but you never know what happens. And um, yeah, so it just, we're just going to see. I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, you'll what be 30 in 2030. I mean, that's still young. That's younger than I am right now, Nina. Like, come on, you've got it. You easily got three more Olympics in you. Bugger it. Go to 2036. Keep going. <laughs> multiple gold i'm just counting them all basically kind of how many you could get there we, we do close off with a series of fun sort of get to know you style questions which i'll get to in just a moment but i i believe sort of outside of weightlifting um astronomy and physics kind of is where where you're at and studying tell me a bit about astronomy what, what sort of led you to studying astronomy because it's a fun subject to study i can imagine well Actually, um, yeah, the, the reason I studied this, um, like astronomy and physics is because I really like physics. And um, here in Ghent, where I study at the university, you don't have 
physics without astronomy. <laughs> right. So I needed to do it together. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, I thought maybe the other way around that you do physics and that- you have to do astronomy, but that's no, the other way. Okay. Well, well, tell me about physics then. I, w- I want to learn more about physics. What sort of drew you to, to studying physics? Um, I just really like math and like um, physics and like chemistry and all those sciences actually um, because I, I don't know, I've always been really good at it when, when I was super young as well. Um, it was super easy for me and I always re- liked it so much. And always, also I feel like um, it is really good for me to do something, like obviously I'm really good at weightlifting and I love being uh, like a weightlifter and also like a high level athlete and doing these competitions. But next to that, I also like doing something else and I feel like studying physics is um, really nice to, for me like to do those two together because it's so different from each other. Um, so, yeah, it's like a, a really good um, um, like, yeah, thing to do next to like weightlifting. Um, but, yeah, I really like doing it. Obviously, it's not as easy as <laughs> it's, it's really diff- it's pretty difficult, but um, I really like it. So, yeah. I know it's difficult that when I watch The Big Bang Theory, I don't even get half the jokes on that show just because they're physics jokes. And, uh, yeah, it goes straight over my head. Uh, do, do you watch The Big Bang Theory and just go, well, this is rubbish, this is nothing what physics is? Or is it the opposite? Like, yeah, put physics on the map, go Big Bang Theory. Well, I, I actually really like that show. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of things are actually pretty accurate, but um, some are kind of difficult as well so sometimes (laughs) the jokes are a bit uh difficult as well but a lot of them are like pretty accurate so (laughs) do do, do you then study like do you have a sheldon that's like in class and you're just like oh yeah typical that's a standard thing in physics you've got a sheldon type character in my class Well, <laughs> um, there's always yeah. one there's always one now nina we we wrap up all our interviews with a sort of a series of get to know you style questions now as we sort of always say with these these are based on a, a team canada questionnaire that they gave their athletes ahead of rio and pyeongchang sadly didn't do it for tokyo but we still like to use these now there is a drawing element, which again, we always say, like, if you like to draw, or if you want to do something fun, you're always welcome to draw something and send it into us and we can put it on social or get some of your fans. I mean, you've got fans drawing pictures of you. So maybe if they're listening to this interview, they can draw it for you. So, you know, you've you got enough out there, Nina. I think that could kind of work. But I'll start off with the first question. Who to you is the greatest Olympian of all time? Um, I feel like then I have to say Simone Biles mm-hmm. because she's always been like uh, an inspiration for me because obviously I have been doing gymnastics for such a long time. Um, but I'm also not like the person to, a lot of people always ask me like, who is your favorite weightlifter? Who is your favorite athlete? And Normally, I don't really have like an answer to that question because I don't really prefer like one athlete over the other. And also for me, most of the time, I just prefer athletes and weightlifters who are not as talented as other athletes, who, but who just are super motivated and work really hard for what they want to achieve. I feel like that's like, I feel like that is a, yeah, I feel like that is like 
how you describe an athlete. Like, obviously it's nice to be super talented, but if you like just want to achieve something and you just like work super hard for it, that is so, that's so inspiring. If you can actually do that and still like make it to like a big competition or make it to the Olympics, knowing that you're maybe not as talented as the other people, but you just worked really hard for what you wanted. Um, but yeah, obviously Simone Biles is like, she's super talented as well, but I feel like she just is from another world. <laughs> mm, <laughs> she's yeah. so crazy, everything she did and uh, even at this Olympics. So uh, yeah, it would definitely be her. What was it like seeing Nina win, win a gold for, for, for Belgium? I mean, obviously it was Belgium's first ever gymnastics gold medal. I mean, that must have been a pretty, as a former gymnast, to kind of see that happen at Tokyo as well. Yeah, that's super nice as well. Um, obviously, we knew like before the Olympics that she had a pretty big chance to make it at the Olympics and like make that medal. But obviously, you never know. Like she trained really hard for it, but you never know what happens on that day. And other, um, she had a, a big um, competitor as well who was like who had a big chance to make a medal as well. So you never yeah. know what happened. But um, yeah, it's it's so funny actually that we're both uh, we both have the same name and I was also say, like, it's a good name I'm to have, from- right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also like I um, I did gymnastics as well in the past, but um, so yeah, it's it's super great that she she actually made that medal, and um, I imagine like I just know that she worked so hard for that, and uh, she definitely deserved that. So yeah, just need to get her into weightlifting now. Back to what we were saying before. About kind of- <laughs> you know tra- transitioning over now you already answered this question the next question is the first olympics uh we remember we won't need to remind everyone to make me feel old again uh if you could be any superhero who would it be oh superhero wow that's uh and it it needs to be one that already exists or no you create anyone you want oh. if this is one that you want to make up by by all means we're all ears we'll listen uh <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I'm actually, right now, I'm watching this show. I don't know if you know it, but I'm watching the show with my boyfriend, uh, which is called The Flash. Yes, yes. Good show. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, but I really feel like this this one aspect who like which he can do is like um, heal super fast mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. obviously everything is like going super fast. So he can like heal super fast. So I feel like that would be something I really wanted to have. Like, um, Come in handy for an athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like do a training session and then be like. Ready to go. Can, like, be able to do one <laughs> right after it. <laughs> yeah. That would be really good. <laughs> I like that. I feel that needs to be answered more. Like, come on, people. Like that. that's an obvious answer for an Olympic athlete, you know, super healing, something like that. I like that. Um, your favorite ice cream flavor is? Oh, chocolate. Oh, yes. I love the no hesitation when you know straight away. So it's just like yeah. straight into it. And is that... <laughs> Was that what you missed the most? Like kind of once you sort of had to lose that weight and then after the Olympics, was it just like straight into the chocolate ice cream? Yeah, that was definitely something I wanted to eat. I was super like, I was super sad because in the Olympic village, they didn't have chocolate ice cream. What? How? They only had vanilla wow. ice cream. 
which I ate a lot, obviously, after my competition. <laughs> but still, I was like, I want to have chocolate ice cream. Where's the chocolate? <laughs> Jeez, not, first, no McDonald's, now chocolate ice, no chocolate ice cream. What's oh going God, on? I was so sad about the Olymp- about the, like the McDonald's not be- being at the Olympics as well. Like some people were asking me when I came back home, did you have a lot of McDonald's? No, because McDonald's is not a sponsor anymore. Come yeah. on, McDonald's. You need you to know, do the, better. Step the up thing, your game. It always baffles me that like everybody, every Olympics, all people talk about is there's 50,000 condoms in the Olympics. I don't give a shit about that. I want to learn about the McDonald's. And like I've, I've heard great stories on this show about how the line for McDonald's in Olympic villages is like goes out the door and around the corner because who wouldn't want just free McDonald's during your whole time? That's the best thing about the Olympics. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not there. I was so sad. <laughs> yeah, God. Hopefully by Paris I'll get their act together oh. and get... Yeah, get back it into sponsoring be. it. Come on, McDonald's. Big are they, of the show. Are they, they should just sponsor me. That's fine as hey, well. <laughs> that that is that is yeah, listening right now. Come on now. What is it? Like twenty nine thousand Instagram following. Mean, you know, sell some burgers in Belgium. That'll work. You know. Come on, McDonald's. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that will definitely. You could have like an ad, like lifting up a couple of Big Macs on on the side of the bar there, like you know, shoveling some fries in and then be like one handed, like ah. Oh. I'm seeing the ads there. That would go off in Belgium TV. I like it. If you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? Um, wow. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really into music, actually. Um, I, I listen to some music like some time, but not not like frequently um i feel like uh maybe it would be like um like the song of like who run the who run the world girls oh, yeah. like this song. Beyonce. maybe yeah. that would be yeah good song <laughs> i like it i like it i was actually just trying to think of if i knew any belgian music artists as a eurovision fan i've definitely seen a few Belgium artists over the years, but uh, I, I could not list any off the top of my head, Nina. So I'm sorry that my Belgian music knowledge has not exactly uh, brought brought to the table. So um, if there's if there's any great Belgian music you want to recommend, please let me know. I, I I'm always into learning about that outside of Eurovision. I mean, do you do you give a shit about Eurovision? Do people in Belgium give a shit about Eurovision? Because we're weird in Australia that we care about Eurovision and we're not even in Europe. Yeah, we as well. Like a lot of people are. Uh like really watch it here on, t- on television and definitely are like um yeah for us it's like um if you're like into music and you 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 definitely support like the 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 one person who was like going to the eurovision as well um so yeah it's actually a lot of people watch it here so yeah it's kind of a big thing i actually am going to correct myself because your competitor at eurovision this year it's a band called Hooverphonic, who I actually have heard of and I have some of their music. There's, Without going on a weird tangent here, Nina, my favourite TV show of all time is a show called Third Watch. It's a show about police, paramedics, firefighters in New York from many years ago. And there was a, a song they used on the very first episode and then they closed the season out when it finished by Hooverphonic. And that's how I know of them. So when I saw they were representing Bell, I remember this now. Uh, so I, I correct myself. Hooverphonic, great band, Belgian music. I don't know if they're that big in Belgium, but uh, yeah, let's pump the tires of Hooverphonic. 
<laughs> Not too sure about the, the popularity there. Um, so, our next question. The best nickname you have ever been called is? Um, I don't know if I really have a nickname, but they kind of make a, they always make like a joke about my last name because um, my last name is Sterz, but um, Sterk is actually strong in Dutch. Wow. So <laughs> Work, my, my last name is kind of Strongs. So <laughs> it's kind strong. of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're always like, why did you start doing weightlifting? Because of your last name. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a joke they always make. But uh, so, yeah. It maybe. was meant to be. It was written in the stars, basically, how that was going to play out. It's funny, actually. I like that when you kind of have sort of a name that kind of fits your sport. So, See, yeah. I didn't know Dutch. I didn't know. You, you, you're educating me again here, Nina. Didn't have a clue about that. So uh, there you go. Um, in a movie about your life, who would play you? Who would play me? Hmm. Um, like, you mean like an actor or like? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, like, if we had the Nina Sterks biopic, who, who is playing Nina in that movie? That's actually a really bad question for me because I don't wa like watch a lot of movies or anything, so I don't know any like. <laughs> you can play you. You can get into acting. There you go. Yeah, maybe that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know if anybody would be able to like play me. I'm really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd hope you'd be able to play yourself. Like I I think you might have a good insight into how the character works. So yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah. So make it happen. Hey, again, as I said, by Brisbane, you'll be what a, a three-time Olympic gold medalist then. So I'm sure the, the Belgian filmmakers will be lining up to make a film about you. If you weren't an athlete, what would you be? um like maybe scientist okay. because i like science so yeah makes sense works well uh what is your guilty pleasure snack ice cream ice cream <laughs> yes <laughs> chocolate, chocolate ice cream, ice cream yeah. chocolate ice cream um growing up who was your favorite sports team um a team well um, I, I, I always watch like, um, individual athletes, like way more. So I always watch like athletics and gymnastics, but like team sports, um, or like, for example, right now, I really like following basketball, especially mm -hmm. like the team from, um, the team from um, Belgium um, because um, some some people in that team are actually like really good friends of mine as well. Right. But um, so I, like I would probably say a basketball, but um, yeah, other than that, I didn't really watch like team sports when I was younger. So yeah. Does, does sort of with that, when you've got friends on the team and kind of get into the sport, I mean, is something like the NBA big in, in Belgium or is it more sort of the European leagues are, are sort of the, the teams that people are watching basketball when it comes to that? Um, well, um, for me, like I, I only watch actually um, uh, the women's team 
Right. Uh, so I don't know, like, obviously I followed like, um, the, um, I, I don't know how you say it, but like, um, um, <laughs> um, the, the man basketball, but like only with three players. Oh, the three, the three um, X three. Uh, yeah, great sport. Yeah, that, that was fun so to I watch. Definitely yeah. Those because um, those competed at the Olympics as well for Belgium. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, before that, I actually never watched um, men like do basketball. So I only follow like the the women from like um, um, the, they call them the Belgian cats. But uh, yeah, ah, so I only follow like, nice. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, we yeah. remember watching that because I mean. You you beat Australia in the in the round robins, and uh, I remember watching that game, going, "Oh, didn't realize Belgium was good at basketball." And there we go, we lost to you. So clearly, clearly we're good. And yeah, yeah. was it? I think it was the three x three fourth. Was it? You lost the bronze, which was it was. I love the three x three. That was a lot of fun to watch. That that was. Yeah, a, they were fourths. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, great sport, great sport. Glad that's in the Olympics. Um, now you you kind of answered this one. Uh, the most recent TV show that you binge watched um, is it The Flash? Is that what you're watching right now? Yes, yes, we're watching it right now. We're now at uh, season five. So, nice. But it's actually for both of us. It's it's actually the second time we watch it. But the last time we watched it, we only watched till season five. So now it's still season eight. So we can still uh, watch three more seasons. So Catching we're up. really excited for that. <laughs> Great, awesome. Uh, where where is the favorite? Where is your favorite place? Sorry, to compete in the world. Um, my favorite place to compete. I don't know. I I feel like um, I would have two answers to that question, or it would be um in Ghent here, like where I live. And then there are like a lot of people who I know who can come and watch that competition. That would be really nice. Or it would be a big world championship. Um, or no, I would rather say like um, the Olympic games because I feel like the Olympic games are like super nice as well. But it's just super different because um, obviously if you have like this small competition in Ghent, a lot of people who you know can come watch and it's just like, it feels like it's just uh, an activity with like friends and family. But if you're going to the Olympics, obviously that's a super crazy competition as well, but there are a lot of people and you just get to know each other. So I feel like those two would be my favorites. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking too for Paris, I'm assuming we were allowed to have some crowds by then, fingers crossed. So uh, I really you know, hope so. Yeah. yeah. What's, a, what's, a, what's a weightlifting crowd like, Nina? Are they, are they rowdy? Are they kind of like excitable? Like when you're up there and you've got the weights above your head, they're cheering you on. I can imagine it's a pretty intense atmosphere. Um, yes, but at the same time, um, for example, when you're um, – watching a soccer game or anything they're always making noise like all the time they're just all the time cheering you on but for weightlifting um like the most part of the competition the crowd is super silent because obviously you need to concentrate yourself to make the lift but obviously when you made the lift everybody is cheering you on but while you're making the lift or like right before everybody is super silent there is also like no music at all so yeah that's but it definitely must be a, different. 
it's a good feeling then when you've got the lift though and and they start cheering you and then you kind of the adrenaline's pumping you've got it above your head you know the 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 lights go on and the cheer and like that must be a pretty epic feeling oh yeah definitely (laughs) which i'd love to see like i mean i guess it probably throws your concentration off but can you make it like a I don't know, a field event at the athletics where you can start getting the crowd, like, clapping, like, come on, yes, clap, like, get me lifting. I want to pump me up before I lift this, or will that just throw you off too much? I think, like, in the beginning, it would really throw you off, but, like, if you get used to it a bit more, maybe, but I don't know. I feel like it would be better if it's just silent. It's going to say you can try that at your next tournament, and if it works for you and then that helps you win the gold in Paris – Remember who to thank who gave you that idea. So just, just, yes, just, definitely. just saying. Uh, uh, your favorite video game is? Video game. Mm. Um, if you I play, play video a lot games, of games, you don't play a no, lot of games? No, not really. No. Okay. Uh, just, I'm looking here. We should have mentioned we, we generally sort of try to get an athlete, like a questionnaire from the same sport, and unfortunately Team Canada didn't ask any questions to weightlifters, or if they did, they didn't publish them on the website. So I'm using Danielle Lepage, who is a wrestler, and her answer for that one was Mario Party on Nintendo 64. Probably a bit before your time there, Nina. I remember Nintendo 64, again, showing my age. Um, your biggest fear in life? I guess that would be losing my mom mm. because I'm pretty close to her. So, yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely wouldn't like that. <laughs> no, no, definitely yeah. not. What's one thing you can't live without? Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern emerge here. Uh- <laughs> Best answer. I like that as well. Uh, the the drawing elements here. It's got draw a picture of yourself and draw a picture of a Canadian animal. They've drawn a moose here. So, um, I mean, it's always a moose or a beaver. That's all I ever see on these pictures here. Nina, before we let you go, we mentioned your Instagram. If people do want to follow you and kind of check out uh, your, your journey towards Paris, watch the amazing tumbling video, which I'm just absolutely entranced by, and see the, the drawings of the fans. Where can people follow you? Where can people stay up to date with what you're doing? Well, uh, I have a page on Instagram, which is called uh, Nina... Um, how do you say that? Uh, dots. Nina Dot Stacks. <laughs> <laughs> and my last name is like um, a C and then a K and then an X. It's kind of difficult to to write but if you just write nina you're gonna like find it pretty quickly so yeah but um yeah i i post basically anything on there um just about my journey but uh, about school as well and like everything basically so um yeah Fantastic. Check it out. It's uh, a lot of fun. And as I said, I, I, I keep watching that tumbling video. I, I, I got tempted to try it, but uh, no, I, 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 wa- I wanted to do this interview. So I probably would have hurt myself pretty badly. And uh, you would have gotten a message from me saying, hey, in hospital, try to do what you did on Instagram and kind of failed. Nina, it's been a, a lot of fun chatting with you, learning about your Olympic experiences and everything else in between. We, we really look forward to seeing you in Paris in a few years' time, in Los Angeles, in Brisbane. Keep going onwards towards those and uh, we'll get you back on the show in a few years' time with that gold medal around your neck. How does that sound? That would be incredible. I'd love that. <laughs> And 
and a massive, massive thanks there to Nina. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if I my calculations are correct off the top of my head, our first ever time we've had a athlete of the day, at least an athlete of the day nominee on the show. So uh, stay tuned. We may have some more coming your way very, very soon. But it's also great to get athletes on from countries outside of course of australia and and canada it's obviously our main focus here on off the podium given we are a dual australian canadian podcast but of course we're covering a few bases now obviously had plenty of americans on the show we've had kiwi we've had someone from switzerland jamaica now we can add belgium to that list so uh Keep an eye out. We may have some other countries coming your way very, very soon. But an absolutely great chat there with Nina. Moving forward, we've got some more interviews coming your way. Other great episodes in the lead up to Beijing. Of course, summer and winter athletes to get your appetite wet between now and those games. And as always, if you want to stay up to date with who we've got coming on the show or what else we've got happening, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Simply search for Off The Podium. And while you're online, why not go to a great podcast service such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. I'm speaking squeaky because I'm that excited speaking about Stitcher. And I have no idea where that accent was going. Uh, Search for Off The Podium on any of those services. Any good podcast host would edit that out then. Um, hit subscribe, uh, rate us out of five. We'd love to see what you think of the show and drop us a message. We'd love to, not, again, hear what you think of the show and, and maybe you've got somebody you'd like us to get on the show, an idea for an episode, anything along those lines. We're always open to hear that feedback and hear what you think of the show. Big thanks once again to Nina and thanks to everyone for listening. My name is Ben. This is Off The Podium. We'll speak to you next time. And as always, go left. I'm